For nearly a century, the SAT has been best known as the U.S. standardized college admissions exam. Currently, millions of American and international students sit for the test each year. In efforts to maintain the SAT's relevance and usefulness in an ever-changing educational and college admissions landscape, the College Board, the organization that administers the exam, has put the SAT through several major revisions. The most recent of these came in 2016, at which point most educators and their students expected a stable test for many years to come. But just six years later, the College Board has again announced that the test will be changing. This time, however, we have a giant leap forward, a scrapping of the paper-based test in favor of a fully digital SAT, set to debut in 2023 internationally and 2024 here in the U.S. So what will this digital SAT look like for test takers? And why did the College Board decide to change its test now amidst a backdrop of near-universal test-optional admissions policies and a general decline in the reputation of standardized admission tests? Welcome to the Method Learning Podcast, Inside Learning. I'm Katie Hightower, your host, and today I'll be speaking with Evan Wessler, Method Learning's Vice President of Student Success. We'll discuss what we know, and importantly, what we don't know yet about the digital SAT, the logic behind the College Board's decision to transition to a fully digital exam, and what we can expect in the years to come. Hi, Evan. It's nice that you're joining us. Hi, Katie. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. How are Excellent. you? Excellent. You know, uh, I can't really complain. <laughs> um, you know, why don't you start by telling us just kind of what you do for method learning? Well, I wear a lot of different hats, and uh, right now I'm in charge of really training, recruiting, I should say, uh, hiring for the tutoring team, and uh, designing a lot of the the program that students will use on the SAT and ACT side for Methodize which is uh, our web-based program. And we have other courses going in there now, financial literacy, academic success. And I have had a, a hand in those. I'm also in charge of administering our online courses and doing also curriculum development for those and various other things that come my way. I'm a big content guy. I like going into the SAT and ACT details. I, I get very into making videos for math problems and helping tutors out where they, they need uh, advice on how best to teach things and so forth. So it's a, it, it's a very content heavy role, but it's also a big administrative role and keeping the pulse uh, or, or checking the pulse of the team and, and making sure everything's going well. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. And, you know, it sounds very much like you have to stay on top of all of the things, all the happenings going on in the country as we sort of like move towards a new evolution in how we're, you know, seeing colleges accept students and seeing how we measure student success. Um, you know, it, I, I just want to know what exactly did the College Board announce? Well, the College Board announced that Starting in 2024, the SAT will be offered 
entirely digitally, except for a very small number of students who have specific accommodations for paper-based tests. Everyone else who takes the SAT is gonna have to take it in its digital form, which means on a computer screen and not via the traditional paper and pencil method that students have been using since the mid-1920s. Oh, wow. So how are they even going to proctor something like that? Well, what they're planning on doing is having students show up to a testing center just like they do now. And most testing centers will still probably be your normal high schools, although they may engage college campuses or independent organizations with a large number of computers to offer. And we don't know all of the details yet. You'll probably be hearing me say that several times uh, during this conversation. But what we suspect is that there will be a proctor inside the room while students are taking the test on screen and they'll be sitting at some kind of desks, maybe with dividers, maybe uh, they'll have you know, laptops at their desks or desktop computers. They may even be able to take the test on things like Chromebooks and okay. they'll be, you know, they'll have a, a roving proctor who is making sure that no funny business is going on. Uh, probably telling the students when to start sections, uh, but we know it's very likely there will be on-screen prompts like timers to time students specifically. So if a student starts a section 10 seconds later, uh, that student's timer will end 10 seconds later. Uh, but everyone will be moving at roughly the same time for security's sake and for consistency's sake. And that okay. proctor will be there just to make sure things are going, going uh, as they should be. Okay, so it doesn't sound like it's it's much different than the tests that I took in the dark ages when I sat for, you know, a paper proctored exam. Um, how did you take the test? Oh, I took it on, on paper and pencil as well. Uh, that's how it was offered. And, uh, you know, I have taken a computer-based test, and that was the GRE back in the late aughts. And... It was, it was an interesting experience, but you're right. It's, it's not all that different. You still have silence in the room. You still are doing your own thing in your own head. Uh, it's just that a lot of the instructions come from the computer screen and uh, the security for the GRE is probably a little tighter than the SAT. But in terms of a testing experience, especially for today's students who are all digital natives, it's going to be not a huge adjustment. Okay. What do you think about the content, though? Do you think the content is going to change significantly? Do you think the test is going to be like harder, easier? What, what do you think, in your opinion? Well, we've gotten some information. What I've wondered most about is how they might introduce new question types or change the way they're presenting certain old question types. And what I mean by that is that, for example, on reading passages, Right now on the traditional paper and pencil test, the questions have to refer to line numbers, you know, lines 14 to 17, for example. Mm -hmm. But when you have a test on screen, you have things like automatic highlighting or the ability to have dynamic underlining. And so referring to line numbers becomes unnecessary. So students may not have to worry about finding the, the right lines, even though it's, it's not terribly difficult to do that. This will make it a little easier for them to focus on the appropriate part of the text that they're supposed to be referencing. So that's just one example of how 
an old type of question might be delivered in a new way. But they could also eventually introduce new question types where things are moving on the screen dynamically. But as far as we know, and what I would bet is that nothing crazy new is going to be coming onto the test, at least in the first few years of the fully digital administration. We actually have had some information that the math content is, is not going to change appreciably, uh, but you could see in, in a few years, perhaps they have some kind of graphing question where you have to put a line down on a graph on a screen or click a point on a graph mm -hmm. or manipulate other things. I, I okay. can envision it mostly on, on the math side, but uh, that, that could be the direction it, it goes in. But it, we're expecting fairly similar question types, although slightly different structure. So uh, let's go back really fast and, and let's talk about when you took the test, because I know for me, when I took the test, my least favorite section was the math section. And, you know, they had that notorious no calculator allowed math section. Mm. I, that was my least favorite part. Did you have a least favorite part of the test? Do you think that might change? Yeah, well, uh, when I when I took the test, it wasn't it wasn't calculator or or no calculator. They did allow the calculator, but it was a very different uh, it was a very different test, especially on uh, well, there there were a number of aspects. So, for example, on the reading section, there were uh, complete the sentence vocabulary questions. So they would give you a sentence that had blanks in it, and you'd have to select the one or two words that would logically complete the sentence. And they also had analogies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was a reader as a student. I still am, love English, love the language, but it seemed like they were, in, in the words of someone who, who I forget, I, I made, the, I was talking to someone who made this joke a while ago, it seems like they, they pulled words out of the 16th century Oxford English Dictionary, you know. <laughs> where they, they just, they chose the most obscure words, especially for students who were, uh, you know, not intimately familiar with older language. And while I knew most of the words, there were just some words I didn't know. And those were most of the questions I got incorrect, especially on the, uh, on the analogies, where it would come down to two. And I didn't have all the strategy and technique that I know now in my head at the time. So, you know, it was really, it was really just down to a guess at that point. And that was probably my least favorite. Uh, there was also something on the math called quantitative comparison, where they give uh, you two, yeah, two yeah. columns, and you have to decide whether column A is greater than column B, or they're equal, or if there's insufficient information to determine that relationship. And uh, I, I felt okay about most of that as well. But when the questions got really hard, it, it was really more about being tricky. And you could fail to imagine or think about a, a particular case, make a mistake very easily. So those were were challenging as well. Uh, but luckily, neither of those things exists on the <laughs> test anymore. Uh, the test has has gotten much more test taker friendly as the years have gone on. They actually got rid of both of those question types on the previous revision of the test, which ha which happened somewhere around uh, it was somewhere around twenty well. 2006 was the the one before the 2016. Yep. Uh, so, uh, but but 2000. Uh, let's see. Let me make sure that. Okay. So, they they actually got rid of both of those those question types on the 2016 test. The 20, the 2006 was a slight revision of structure, but 
2016 was really where they got rid of those super tricky questions. So they've been tinkering with the test, I mean, since its inception. You know, like, it's been updated, it's evolved. I mean, what factors at this point have motivated this decision to go digital? They have been tinkering with the test, and a couple of things have been the impetus for changing the exam, whether by content or, or structure. Lately, what they're trying to do is make sure that the SAT remains as relevant to the skills and abilities that students are expected to have in college. So the College Board, which develops the test and administers it, has done a lot of surveying of educators at both the secondary and post-secondary levels and has really tried to determine, you know, what, what are the types of things you want students to be capable of to showcase that they're ready for college. And so they try to make the test reflect those. Previously, there were a lot more logic-y type things on, on the SAT, especially on the math side, but also, you know, the analogies on, that we just talked about on the, the mm -hmm. uh, reading side. And eventually, in doing their research and in speaking with higher education administrators, educators, they realized that those questions were not particularly relevant to the skills that a student in you know, the 2000s and the new millennium needed to have to be successful in college. So the skill sets that, that colleges valued changed. But the move to, to go to, to your question, the move to digital specifically is probably less about, less about what the colleges want and more about what the college board, the, the administering body wants in terms of ease of delivery, security, and access, and making it, it's just a simple fact that administering a test digitally will just allow more tests to be offered. It'll allow a broadening of locations in which the test can be offered. It'll allow a quicker turnaround and probably you know, ultimately less expensive grading. Uh, of course, they're not going to be using up all that paper and having to exchange things in, in the mail where you'd have to, a school would have to ship back, you know, potentially hundreds of test booklets mm -hmm. for each administration. Uh, the security of materials, which has been a major issue. We've seen it in the Varsity Blues scandal. We've seen it in uh, many times, especially uh, where somehow someone who is acting unscrupulously gets access to the paper tests. They open the box, so to speak, before it's intended to be open. The test questions leak. And then mm -hmm. entire entire testing centers or, or even entire countries have their scores voided for that test. So a digital administration will allow unique tests to be administered to each student who sits to take it and will allow, therefore, greater security by reducing the prospect of an, an ease of cheating. Okay. You know, I've heard some rumors around uh, what this digital test is going to look like and, and how they're going to integrate at some point an AI to sort of 
expand upon, you know, students' strengths and weaknesses. So if a student misses a specific concept question, then it would then deliver the same type of concept question to that student. Is that true? Do you think that that's going to happen? There, this, there's definitely going to be an adaptive element to it. And right now, you know, the, the there are a couple of types of, of AI and a lot of, a lot of folks, you can listen to lots of conversations about strong AI or general AI where you really have the AI driving up the high-level decision-making. This is going to be a, uh, well, I don't, dumb AI sounds a little pejorative, but it's going to be a very simple AI, and it's going to be what we call section-level adaptivity. The whole idea is that for the sections on the new test, students will be presented with a static first section, meaning that all students should see basically the same kind of medium-ish difficulty section as they work through. So for example, if you're working on the first of two math sections, you'll get so many questions and they'll range in difficulty a little bit. It's not gonna be too easy, it's not gonna be too difficult, mm -hmm. but your success on that section, the percentage of questions you answer correctly, will determine the next section you see on the math. And that next section, you could either bifurcate or or split into several different paths, maybe three, it could be 10. A lot of conversations that, that I've had, you know, we've talked about an easy, medium, and hard level. So depending on how well you do on that first section, you'll be routed into a second section that is at a difficulty level commensurate with your performance on the first. And your performance on that second section will obviously influence your score. But it's important to understand that once you're in that second section, it's likely that your score will be limited to a certain band. And what I mean by that is that let's say you just have, for whatever reason, a terrible time on the first section. Mm -hmm. You'll be routed to the easier second section. And even if you perform with you know, flying colors on that second section, you get everything correct, your score will hit a cap. You won't be able to get to get past a certain point. Whereas if you had done better on, this, on the first section, you know, you, you would be routed into one of the, either the medium or the hard section, and your score band there of possible results would increase. So that's the kind of section level adaptivity we're seeing. There are tests that are administered these days with question level adaptivity. Most recently, uh, I was having, uh, on a on a conversation about this, and they were talking about the GMAT, which operates like that. So mm -hmm. literally every question, the AI or the, the, the system is adjusting for your performance on that very question. And there are disadvantages of that because you can't go back because once you've answered a question, the algorithm has done its work and is presenting you with something that's based on that previous question. Right. So you can't go back. It's not very test taker friendly. You can't leave questions and return to them. So the section level adaptivity is still going to allow students to work through the exam as they were working through the paper and pencil based exams. Okay. I mean, I think that that's great. You know, it, I, I wonder what it's going to do for the kind of um, just for the accessibility and how the SAT is going to sort of compare to the ACT moving forward. It's another interesting element of this is the arms race between the SAT and the ACT. When the ACT announced a few years ago that it was introducing a digital component, uh, 
it announced that it was going to start administering the ACT exclusively digitally in international markets. So now when you take the ACT outside of the US, you have to take it digitally. And that's been happening for years. Whether they're going to make that move stateside sooner or later, based on what the College Board has decided to do with the SAT, is an interesting question. The ACT also had an initiative where it was going to allow single section retesting only on the computer, but the pandemic put the kibosh on that, and mm -hmm. we haven't heard much about it since. But certainly, both tests have made signals that they've, they've planned to go digital for a long time. This has not been without stumbling blocks and uh, challenges. We all know that AP administration during the pandemic, um, you know, this is, this is unfortunate. It caused disruptions in, in everyone's life and, and certainly in education. And the AP tests were a disaster when administered digitally. And it was just, a, you know, there, there were problems with the computers. There were issues with the administration, the grading. Some students' tests never got submitted. So certainly the, the College Board is trying to avoid something like that at all costs. So we can expect it to happen a little more smoothly with the SAT, uh, especially because students will not be taking those from home. They will still have to go to a testing center. Right. Uh, they will still have to be proctored. Right. They'll still have to be proctored. And there is, though, this commitment to administering digital tests. And it's extremely likely, I think, that the ACT will follow suit. It, it already has established that it can administer tests digitally successfully in international markets. So there's no reason uh, in theory why they couldn't do the same thing here. Okay. I mean, you know, I think that you're making a great point. And I also, this entire generation has sort of entered this brand new era for higher education and how they are admitted to that higher education. And, you know, a lot of colleges have gone test optional. And do you think that this, uh, this move to digital will have any impact on how much the colleges are relying on scores from the SAT? Whenever there's a significant change in these college admissions exams, it's always met with a degree of skepticism and of course, uncertainty. And it's the role of the College Board, frankly, to demonstrate that this test is just as valid, if not just as valid as, if not more valid than the current SAT and, and useful as, a, as an admissions predictor. And they're, they, the, the folks there say that they're, they're doing so. They're conducting research. They're collecting statistics. They're going to present the data that demonstrate that concordance, which means correspondence between the results of the traditional paper and pencil test match those of the digital test. So they're going to do their best to demonstrate the legitimacy and the usefulness of the digital exam. But colleges also have their own priorities and they're going to remain skeptical as they should, not because the College Board is necessarily doing anything nefarious or not doing sufficient research on, on its end, but because they're making important decisions that will influence the lives of students. Mm -hmm. And they want to make sure that those decisions are based on good data, 
that is carefully collected and properly interpreted. So the stance will probably be that they'll obviously continue accepting both tests. What I anticipate is that there will be an initial shift of students away from the SAT. Perhaps the digital element will be a little scary and you, you might see more students take the ACT as their college admissions test of choice. The schools will continue to set both, accept both rather without preference and we'll, we'll see how the, the test takership, so to speak, divides up between the two. They'll accept the, the, the digital SAT if only because the way that schools look at test scores now is, part, is as part of a holistic process. They want to give the students the benefit of the doubt. They want the students to put their best foot forward in the admissions process. Uh, of course, if any of them see anything wild, statistics wildly out of proportion, they're going to notice it, and I'm sure they'll make noise about it. But my suspicion is it's not going to be that something, a case where they say, oh, we're not going to accept it for a few years. Uh, they'll accept it, and then they'll, they'll carefully review the numbers and make sure that they're, they're getting meaningful data that, that is accurate. Sure. So, you know, with with all of these changes sort of looming on the horizon and, you know, you have students that are they're prepping for the tests right now, what does preparation for this new type of test even look like? Does it look the same? Do they then switch over to preparing via, you know, web interface or on a computer so that they're prepared to sort of experience the test and how it's going to be? What are your opinions on that? Getting familiar with the on-screen system is going to be key. It's not that paper and pencil materials will become useless or obsolete. After all, the content is going to be very much the same, although notably, the kinds of passages, for example, on the reading are gonna change in terms of their, their size. They're shifting away, the College Board is from larger passages to shorter passages, so there will need to be some new content that comes around, whether it's on paper, pencil, or on the screen. Uh, but overall, the types of skills that students will need to exercise are not gonna change a whole lot, at least according to what the College Board says now. But okay. that doesn't mean that you can get through just by going through your paper and pencil tests. And the reason is that you can't separate content from the experience of taking the test. Even now, we run into this where we see students who are taking paper and pencil based practice, they're doing so without timing. And then what happens is they're not used to practicing under pressure. And that can make a huge difference in your score. Given an infinite amount of time, you can perform exceedingly well on an SAT section. But if you are capped by time, you know you have to move through a certain at a certain pace, that itself can be distracting. And in the same way, the mode of test delivery can influence that kind of performance as well. So if a student tries just paper and pencil based material, they'll be very familiar with the content, I have no doubt, but they need to know exactly how it's presented. They need experience moving through the system, what it's like to have to redraw a diagram on the math, for example, or, or jot down an equation and not be able to just write 
what they're doing on the same page. They'll have to use scrap paper. Um, the inability to annotate reading passages right on the same page is another mm -hmm. factor. You know, so there are going to be all these. This accumulation of slight differences will amount to a significantly different test taking experience. Now, it's one that digital natives will, I believe, adapt to relatively seamlessly, but they they're going to need experience doing it. So they they should be practicing online. They should definitely practice taking full-length tests online. College Board said it's going to release a couple, but as is usually the case, uh, or my suspicion is that th there are not going to be a ton of official resources available in the first couple of years of administration because they're not just going to do a, a major uh, content release before they've even administered tests because they have a limited amount of content to begin with. Right. So, they're, they're going to need to, to tap other resources as well. Okay. I mean, that all makes tons and tons of sense. You know, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sort of giving your opinions and your thoughts about the digital test. Hopefully, um, you know, we are able to assuage maybe some, some nerves and fear surrounding it and get, get some excitement sort of building behind the new generation of what the college board sees as, as their entrance exam at this point. And, you know, if you were going to, as we wrap up, if you were going to say your most, what is your most important takeaway from, from sort of this news and, and looking to the future? I would say to pay close attention later this summer and early this fall. And that's when the SAT is going to release its initial materials, the test specifications, and I'm sure a slew of other documents and online resources that will allow us to see exactly what's coming, allow us to gauge the question types, the split, the length of the sections, so all the, all the specifics behind the tests. And for students who are the appropriate class year, start thinking about using those resources. The first time students are gonna see the digital test stateside will be in the form of the PSAT in the fall of 2023. So okay. there will still be a full year from this fall before students will see the first digital form of an SAT suite assessment, in this case, the PSAT. And then later that year, those same juniors, it's usually juniors who, who take the consequential PSAT, will take the SAT digitally starting in, in, the, in that March of 2024, mm -hmm. they'll have to take the test digitally. So if your student is in that, that class year, just start thinking about paying attention uh, later this calendar year, getting familiar with the resources, perhaps having your student practice with those. And uh, you know, if you have a student who is younger than that, then it's, it's already gonna be normal by the time your student gets uh, to SAT age. So it's, it'll probably be less of a dramatic shift. Great. I mean, that's, thank you, Evan, for sharing that. I, I really appreciate it. I think that our listeners will appreciate it as well. Um, but I'd just like to thank you for coming on. And um, is there anything else you'd like to say before you go? Yeah, I'd say, well, it's it's been a pleasure being on. And I'd say this is not, you know, a lot of a lot of people look at transitions like this as as shocking or they get intimidated or they start asking uh, in a panicky sort of way, you know, what are we going to do? And all I can say is educate yourself as much as possible. That's part of the, the intent, is, as you just said, Katie, of why we're doing this. 
and and you're going to be fine. You were just listening to Inside Learning, the Method Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Hightower, and I hope you join us next time.